2: 77 W.A.B.C.
3: And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter with you on this early Monday morning. We have a lot to get to. His front porch is now part of the crime scene. His front porch is now part of the crime scene. Two young men, you may have heard Curtis Lee, we're talking about it, shot outside New York gubernatorial hopeful Congressman Lee Zeldin's Long Island home while his twin daughters were inside. The crime is now coming to some of our leaders. And in a moment, I'm going to tell you how my day got off to a somewhat of a rocky start this morning. Two young men shot outside Lee Zeldin's Long Island home. Sunday, twin daughters at home. The young ladies were apparently doing their homework on the first floor Zeldin was not at the house at the time. The young ladies heard the shots. They went upstairs and locked themselves in the bathroom. Zeldin says that his, his daughters uh, freaked out and that one of the bullets was found 30 feet from where his daughters were doing their homework. I mean, at, at what point? Are we supposed to talk about the crime on our
1: own streets? I'm standing in front of crime scene tape in front of my own house. You can't get me more outraged than right now. I mean, it's one thing to spend multiple times over the course of a week where other people are being targeted. But but for us, no, we're more pissed off today than we were when we woke up this morning.
3: Zeldin has made rising crime, and rightfully so, one of his prime campaign issues. If he is to pull up pull off an upset victory. It will be because of the crime issue. Police believe that the shooting actually took place uh, as it relates to two doors down from Zeldin's house. Uh, But a bullet did hit the congressman's fence, and uh, that had nothing to do with the candidate, uh, uh, apparently. It just happens to be... In the area, in the area, we are taking your telephone calls this morning, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Let me get to, and I have a number of issues this morning. I have said this before, and it bears repeating this morning. I do not. I do not enjoy covering race stories. There is no upside for me. They are divisive. And I don't know, frankly, why some of you that listen to this show think that I'm the host to focus on race, that I'm the guy that should denounce, speak out, report. On race, you're making a lot of terrible assumptions. My day got off to a rocky start. I received emails Sunday morning from a listener to the program. And he apparently wanted to make sure that I received his emails. So he sent them to each of my email addresses, and I'm referring to David. I'm not going to use his last name. I'm, I'm hoping that he'll call and explain this to me uh, in in a little bit. So what this is about, folks, and I want you to hear me out, Senator Tommy Tuberville at a Saturday Trump rally in Nevada. Now, that's all I have to say is Trump rally, and you know for those on the left, their heads explode. Right? So, this was the exchange of emails this morning. At 10 27 a.m., David sends me an email, and it says, I suspect many of your callers, like Mike in New Jersey, agree with the senator's racist sentiment. Now, some may say, well, Dominic, if you don't want to be bothered, why are you looking at your emails? I'm looking at my emails out of respect for everyone that listens to this show that makes it in terms of with our ratings, which are still sky high. So I look at all my emails, and I, I have a practice of responding to each and every email. And so I see David's email, and he says, I suspect, again, many of your callers, like Mike in New Jersey, I don't know what that's about, but Mike in New Jersey agree with the senator's racist sentiments. And so, it's again, it's 1030 in the morning. I haven't had a cup of coffee yet, and I'm like, here we go. Can can I finish out the rest of my weekend before you start trying to pre-program the show for, for 14 hours later, and here's how I responded to David. And this is how I respond to people that email me over and over and over. I said, David, please slow down on all these emails. I don't understand the point of keep emailing me. David responds, I wasn't aware I was doing that. My intention was to make sure that you were aware of this particular topic because I was thinking about bringing it up in a future phone call, and I didn't want to hit you with something that you weren't aware of. Translation, I'm trying to program your show, and I'm I'm trying to push you into talking about this topic. And it worked this one time because you're going to hear the soundbite for yourself, and we're going to discuss this. So that's what David sends me. So out of respect for David, I listen to the soundbite. You're going to hear it in a second of Senator, uh, of the Senator involved here, uh, Tuberville of Alabama. And I listened to the soundbite. And again, I'm annoyed because I haven't had a cup of coffee yet. And the cat is meow, meow, demanding that I feed the cat. I don't know if I'm coming or going, and all I want to do is get up, relax, and have a cup of coffee, and then read the papers, and watch a little football, and then just relax throughout the day, take a nap, and then get ready to start preparing for the show for tonight. So I looked at this video about five or six times, scratching my head. It was on Twitter each and every time. And so this is how I responded to David. I said, David, I don't see what was racist about it. And it's my Sunday before I go into work tonight. I'm relaxing and do not want to deal with political issues right now. Please keep that in mind. So here we are hours later, and I'm, I'm going to ask uh, David on the radio. This soundbite of Senator uh, Tommy Tuberville, there have been a a couple of articles written about it from Saturday, uh, alluding to racism, but because he brought up the topic of reparations, you listen to this program, you know I don't believe in reparations. And so I still want David to explain to me, and he's disappeared now off the face of the earth, what was racist about it. And I think he's not happy because I didn't have the knee-jerk reaction that he was looking for. I want you to listen to Senator Senator Tommy Tuberville, the former college football coach who's now a senator in Alabama, what he had to say at the Trump rally on Saturday.
2: Some people say, well, they're soft on crime. No, they're not soft on crime. They're pro crime. They won't crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. They're not owed that.
3: Okay, so he's clearly referring to Democrats. The senator is describing Democrats as pro-crime. That's that's. No surprise. I mean, caller after caller, you folks, you call up sometimes and say exactly that. And so again, I hadn't had my coffee and I'm, I'm literally scratching my head. What is racist about this? What am I missing? I want you to listen again. I want you to listen again to what Senator Tuberville had to say.
2: Some people say, well, they're soft on crime. No, they're not soft on crime. They're pro crime. They want crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got, they want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that.
3: They are not owed that. Okay, so we are now joined by David in the Bronx, who sent me the original email starting my day off to a rocky start. And David, I asked you in the email, what's racist about it? And all I got was crickets and I haven't heard from you until now. So please tell me what's racist about it.
4: Well, first of all, the reason I didn't reply to your email is that after you told me that I was ruining your Sunday, I was trying to be considerate and not interact with you until this evening. Okay. I apologize For interrupting your Sunday, I didn't, you know, unfortunately in my situation, I'm in total darkness all the time, okay? Sometimes I don't even realize what day it is or the time, okay? You'll have to forgive me for being insensitive and not realizing what you were doing today, okay? Because I don't like intentionally inconveniencing people. It's part of my nature. I apologize all the time for doing things, okay? So I am actually truly sorry. Well, I – go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, but to get to the issue of what's racist about those comments, okay, first of all, I don't support reparations either. I think it's divisive. I think it's a terrible idea. But for that senator to make that comment ignores the fact that the majority of victims of crime by African-Americans are African-Americans. So if crime is some type of reparation program, run by some king of all blacks somewhere, we're doing a terrible job of it because we're victimizing our own people largely, okay? And I don't know of any Democrat that supports crime. We may have different ideas about law enforcement or criminal justice, but I don't think there's a single elected Democrat, except for maybe that crazy woman from Missouri, uh, Bush, who is is pro-crime or anything else. So I don't like being slandered by the senator from Alabama who has a very shaky history when it comes to making comments that I think are racist dog whistles, because that's what that was. You know, when when you're talking to people at a Trump rally in Nevada, you know who you're talking to. You're not talking to people like me. You're talking to a largely white group of people who, many of whom, not all, have some animus against minority people, and you're feeding into stereotypes that are completely not true. That's why I sent you that. Well, and you know what? You okay. know what? And I didn't expect you to agree with me either because I listened to you long enough to know where you're coming from.
3: Okay, so, David, wait, well, a couple of things. One, I appreciate you apologizing. It takes a big person to do so. Uh, n- number two, and I've explained on the radio that when I'm not working, the last thing I want to do is deal with politics. The very I'm just being blunt and honest right now. This is what I do for a living. It does not define me. It's not who I am. I have a personal life. And what, what I'm curious about, David, and we can come back to the dog whistle in one second, but why why send it to me as the host? Why didn't you send this stuff to another host at WABC? You know,
4: no, well, I actually do send uh, news articles to Frank Marano fairly regularly. And, like you, I didn't read again. You know, I don't know other people's email habits. He usually checks his emails like once before he goes on the air or something. But anyway,
3: but I, I, was, I, I said, was 12 hours the, away from going on the air.
4: Okay. All right. Listen, the reason I send it to you, Dominic, is again, I have a feeling because I know some of your callers that something like this was going to come up. And if I brought it up on your show, because I've heard people, you know, what's the word blindside you with stuff that you're not aware of, which doesn't make for a very good discussion. The reason I sent that to you is just so that you would at least be aware of it, because this was not major news, actually. It came up a couple of times on the Sunday news programs as an afterthought, which I thought was not really, it's not
3: the attention it deserves. Because, you know. But, okay, but now, David, but now, David, 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 if the national programs didn't play it up, if I'm not playing it up, shouldn't that tell you that it's not major news? No. No. No, because
4: you know, the media decides what they're going to cover. Right we, they, we, apparently ahead, don't feel, they apparently don't feel that a United States senator basically implying that there's some force behind the crime wave, and we've talked about the crime wave, so you know I'm not pro-crime, okay that there's some force behind this that supports reparation, It's all about taking what quote, "you got." Seriously, a United States senator
3: said that? But David, but David, but David, but David when he say taking away what you got, he's referring to every homeowner, people like me. Uh, I, I, you know, you left me so confused today. I talked to a law enforcement, one of my best friends in the world, and I said, I'm confused about this. This guy says it's racist, and I don't see the racism at all. And I had him take a listen. He said, Dominic, it's not racist. Now, you use the term dog whistle. You said people, they go to Trump rallies. Basically, this is what they expect. I've covered Trump rallies, in which he draws 20,000 people at a rally. And, I, I, David, I'm confused when you say dog whistle, racial dog whistle. What, because it's a Trump rally, it's got to be a racial dog whistle? No, we're, no, we're making Donald. a lot of assumptions. What are the connections between... Petty
4: street crime, which is, I think, the majority of these crimes that we're talking about, and reparations. That's where the racial dog whistle is. Why do they have to mention reparations and that somehow Democrats like myself – I'm a lifelong Democrat. I think you know that. Lifelong Democrats such as myself are, quote, soft on crime because we believe it's some form of reparations. Okay? That is clearly not what's going on. I – am more likely to be the victim of crime than Senator Tuberville, okay, living up here in the Bronx and dealing with the nonsense that I deal with 24-7, okay? Mm-hmm. So this idea that somehow I'm soft on crime or even I've heard people attack Mayor Adams on this program saying that he's not against crime, why would he be pro-crime? He may be incompetent. I didn't vote for Eric Adams because I thought he was incompetent. But I don't think he's intentionally letting the crime go crazy. How could? What kind of politician would let crime go crazy if they want to have a future, which apparently he does, which he shouldn't.
3: Okay. Well, David, I I do appreciate you calling in. I appreciate everything you've said. Um, and I thank you for the call because I do need to move on because there are a lot of callers. Some want to respond to you. Some want to talk about crime. Some want to talk about the Zelding shooting, which we'll get to. We'll also get to the uh, Cats Roundtable uh, that was Sunday in which Governor Patterson said something that I do agree with. And that's for all the crime waves of the past. I have never felt as unsafe as I do now in the city of New York. And Governor Patterson says exactly the same thing. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. But let's go to uh, Charlie in Hell's Kitchen first. Good morning, Charlie. What's on your mind?
5: Good morning. And I just want to say I disagree strongly with David. And I don't think Senator Tommy Tupperville, that's the correct pronunciation of his name, from Alabama. I don't think he was being racist at all. I don't think he was engaging in a racist dog whistle. I think there are some Democrats, not all Democrats, but I think there are some that are actually pro-crime. You look into the things that they say about the criminal and sentencing and reforms and stuff like that. It, it seems like their heart and their mind is more focused with the perpetrators of crime than the victims of crime. I, I, I will offer the example of why he's a French, the Memphis kindergarten teachers uh, several weeks ago. And what happened to her when she went jogging at 4.30 in the morning and asked people to Google it and look it up. It was truly horrific, her murder. It was terrible. but And many of these cities are having an explosion of crime, New York being one. And I agree with the Governor Patterson and you. I mean, there have been crime waves in New York City in the past, but I've never felt truly as unsafe living in, in New York City as I do now. And it's, it's, it's all, just awful. Well,
3: all I can tell mm-hmm. you, and Charlie, I thank you for the call. Folks, again, I want you to listen to the senator from Alabama at the Trump rally on Saturday, because after David brought this to my attention, literally all day long, I could not enjoy football. And I'm going to tell you a true story. Uh, so I came into work tonight, and I'm like, okay, maybe there's something wrong with me that I'm not getting it. Maybe there's something wrong with my law enforcement friend uh, in Georgia. His name is, uh, is is Randy. Maybe there's something wrong with him. Two black men, we're not getting it. Maybe, maybe we're just out of touch. So then David left me so confused with this soundbite that I came in, and with one of the producers of the show that happens to be white, Alex, but I know Alex is more liberal than I am. I'm a little older than he is. So I pull Alex into a room and I'm like, Alex, I need you to tell me straight up, man to man, is this racist? I said, Alex, I, I I know you're more liberal than I am. I, you know, so you're younger than I am. Listen to this, please, because I'm confused. And Alex listened to it and he says, well, I can see, you know, where some may be offended by it, you know, but, but and, and I, I'm putting words in his mouth because that's basically that's what I heard. Uh, but I want you to listen one more time. Now, the senator, before I go back, we see all the telephone calls. We're going to get to them. The senator is referring to Democrats Saturday at the Trump rally.
2: Some people say, well, they're soft on crime. No, they're not soft on crime. They're pro they crime. They will crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. They're not owed that.
3: And what's interesting is that people that are homeowners believe that those that are not want to take what they have. As a matter of fact, some of the activists, some of the Black Lives Matters crowd, have said exactly that publicly. So I don't understand what's racist. I don't understand what the confusion is about. And I really didn't want to start my Sunday this way. Let's go to Al in Manhattan. Good morning, Al. What's on your mind?
5: Hey, Dominic. How are you?
3: I'm okay. I'm good. Thank you. Go right ahead. I,
5: I, I'm a little confused. So I have a comment and a question. Okay. A about the gentleman that called. Um, I think he's just very angry at a lot of things that maybe happened in his life. Agreed. Because, uh, and, and it's unfortunate, but you know what? It happens to a lot of people. Everybody has that hill they got to climb. So here's the thing. Did I get it right when he said that the reason why the Democrats are very soft on crime is because they feel it's like a repayment of reparation
3: and they let it go? And they say, okay, uh, we're even now. Is that what is that what he's saying? Well that that's that 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 that's a little bit of a jump. The senator uh, Tuberville also uh said that the US cannot afford food stamps, right? Something I basically agree with, and that people need to go back to work, right? And so uh his comment I, I I'm gonna read it verbatim because I wanna I don't wanna misquote him. I want to get this right. He's referring to Democrats. He says Democrats are pro crime. Quote They are not soft on crime. They're pro-crime. They want crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparations because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. Those are his exact words, Al.
5: But I'm not talking about him.
3: I'm talking about David. Well, David
5: said the reason why they're soft on crime is because they feel it's a form
3: of reparation. What? But so I, I'm just trying to what, get in my head. Is that I hear that right? Right. Well, I I don't want to I don't want to speak for David, but but what I I have to be honest with you. What annoys me is that I am not the race host. I am not the racism host. And again, I've said this before. Out of all the hosts on WABC why sometimes I get callers that are directed this way. Why do you like the last time someone wanted me to denounce Trump for what he said about Mitch McConnell? It wasn't in the, it wasn't in the news cycle for a day. And now, you know, I'm starting out my Sunday and some, some may say that. And thank you for the call out. Some may say I'm whining, but I'm not whining because I try to respect our listeners by responding to every single email that I get. And it is a burden in some uh, process because there are a lot of emails. Let's go to Michael in New Jersey. Good morning, Michael. What's on your mind?
6: Yeah, first of all, David, I'm the Michael you were talking about. Now, let me explain to you why, to be perfectly honest, some mayors do want crime, okay? And I'm going to explain it to you, so pay attention. But quickly, but quickly. Go ahead. Okay, Eric Adams feels this way. He has, I can't, if I use the word owned, they'll say it's racist. He has the black vote in his pocket. Now, 97% of the people that call you up are white, and you can tell by the way they speak, they did not vote for Eric Adams. They despise Eric Adams. They wanted Curtis. Right. Now, if Eric Adams, and, and once he said, white people go back to Iowa. He really doesn't want white voters, and he doesn't want people, black people, who think the way you do, who want law and order, who don't want to live in fear. If he can get rid of most of the white people that are left in the city of New York, and he can get rid of the ten or fifteen percent of the black people who think the way you do and vote republican because i 'm not saying that the majority of black people are criminals. The overwhelming majority of black people are honest hard working decent people, but they are blind as far as voting. They will vote Democrat no matter what, no matter what you do to them, they will vote Democrat, and if he can get those people. To be the over overwhelming majority of the city, he doesn't even have to campaign, he will automatically be elected, he'll be a shoo It'll be like a racehorse that's as fast as lightning running against a horse with four broken legs. He has the election in his pocket, and that's why he wants crime. He was a policeman. He knows how to deal with crime, how to eliminate it. He's not even trying. If if you're the mayor, it is within your ability to get rid of crime, and if you don't get rid of it, yes, you want it. Face reality, David. He wants it. Just like the mayor of Chicago, she wants crime. She said she has no use for white people because she knows who will vote against her. But again, the black people who are there, and I'm talking about the law-abiding people, will vote Democrat no matter what. The hoodlums and the thugs can kill 100 black people a day, and the law-abiding black people will still vote Democrat. And that's the, that's the God's honest truth, okay. and you know it is. And okay. I think David knows what it is.
3: Okay. Well, well thank, thank you uh, for the call. Uh, Michael, I've got to take a break, but before I do so, I want to go to Lynn in Manhattan. Good morning, Lynn. What's on your mind? Good morning,
7: Dominic. I'll try to be brief. I just want to say that I'm hearing you say that people think of you as a race host. Well, no, and no, 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 not
3: not not all. There, there, there's a small majority, but go ahead. A small minority, I should say.
7: Right. Those listeners, I, I'll be frank, I think we've all heard the expression, uh, to whom much is given, uh, much is expected. Yes. I think those people think that you should articulate their point of view And I think that unless you do that. And that's been a problem.
3: That's been a problem my entire career. For 40 years, I've been dealing with this.
7: You are an intelligent man. You're an educated man. You're a hardworking man. Uh, 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 you love America, You set a fine example for others to follow, and I just want to say that whenever they criticize you, Dominic, in my opinion, I think they 're giving you misguided criticism and respectfully, I think they 're a little jealous of the fact that you have a platform upon which you can express yourself and they don 't have one in which they can express them themselves
3: well I, I really appreciate your your uh, comments, your compliments, and uh, and I want you to have a great morning, Dominic Carter. Here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Time for a break. Coming up at 45 minutes past the hour, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter at 1 a.m., Frank Morano and the Other Side of Midnight. Two stories we're dealing with. Two young men shot outside, literally outside, Lee Zeldin's Long Island home while his twin daughters were inside, and we are also discussing uh, Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville, former football co- coach, describing Democrats as pro-crime. WABC. I heard you were for me. Hey, Mister. We are back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic Carter here with you on this Columbus Day. And um, we're going to go back to your telephone calls. In a second, I'm going to Norman in Brooklyn. Then we're going to stay in Brooklyn and go to Audrey. We see all the calls. We're going to try and get to them as many as, as as possible in the course of the time that, uh, that we have left. As I said... Um, David one of our uh, listeners uh emailed me each of my emails this morning on Sunday morning um you know and 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 the first email said I talking about Senator uh, Tommy Tuberville of uh, Alabama on reparations and and his declaration that is the Senator Democrats are pro crime and he David said I suspect many of your callers like Mike in New Jersey agree with the senator's racist sentiments right exclamation point Well, if you're going to email me on a Sunday morning and you're going to say that David agrees with the senator's racist sentiments, then shouldn't you, that Mike agrees with the senator's racist sentiments, shouldn't you at least make sure that it's racist, which you're sending me, rather than having me uh, scratch my head all afternoon long because I'm not getting it. I'm looking at the clip over and over and over and over again. And I'm saying, where's the racism? I'm not getting it. I understand he, he referenced reparations. He didn't even say the word black. It's implied after the fact. I'm a journalist. We go by every word. And if the word is not there, it's very hard to directly imply that someone said something. And on on top of this, folks, right, so there, I have a, I'm, I'm being brutally honest right now. I have a lot on my mind right now. Today is uh, uh, Bernie's wake, Bernard McGurk. His wake is today. His funeral's tomorrow. So we're all attending his wake today. And following Bernie's death, I still have not gotten over the fact that less than a month ago, my friend of 50 years died. And I haven't talked about the circumstances because... It's not for the public to know, but I'll just say life can be very, very difficult, very difficult. And you're sending me an email to both of my email addresses, and you're saying something's racist, and based on what I'm hearing, it's not racist? Let's go to Norman in Brooklyn. Good morning, Norman. What's on your mind?
8: Hi, Dominic. I always try to answer your questions when you pose them. A lot of people go around stuff. Anyway, two reasons why you are unfairly a lightning rod for race issues. One, you're black. And two, you are warm and emotional. And we have a word in Yiddish, it's called Heimish or Hamish. And so, you, you know, you that sort of people who are, I think, unstable or unhappy tend to be drawn to you. And uh, that's the reason why you're having all these unhappy people emailing you, because I doubt, uh, in some respects, they would do this to Greg Kelly, (laughs) because he, you know, he, uh, you know, he would just. I don't think he would answer them if they're really unpleasant.
3: And see, Norman, I think Norman, that's the part that bothers me, right? So yeah, I'm I'm being, I, I'm being boxed in where yeah. I'm gonna be to the point of I'm just not gonna respond to the emails. I'm just not gonna look at them. That's the no, only other choice. But that's the only other choice that I'm being yeah. given. My my weekend is wrapping up. I'm dealing with a lot. It's Sunday morning. Death is here. A colleague just died. I haven't gotten over my friend's death. And you're emailing me about something's racist and there's nothing racist in it? I I just I mean I they, hey hey Norman you are correct I'm sorry I was thinking David for a second you are correct in terms of the first issue that you said because I'm African American but but don't put me in that box and think that 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 I'm gonna have a knee jerk reaction the way that you feel that I should if the man didn't say anything racist I'm gonna tell you I don't care how many articles were written about it if I didn't hear anything racist I'm going to say that Norman
8: well. S- screw them, Dom. Just keep doing what you're doing.
3: Well, thank you. Thank you for the call, Norman. I really appreciate it. Let's stay in Brooklyn. Let's go to offering. Audrey, good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind?
9: Good morning. I will not ask you how was your weekend, but <laughs> <laughs> Jeannie, Jeannie, I hope you had a good weekend. Listen, Dominic, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. All, all
3: I can do is laugh, Audrey. All I can do is laugh on that
9: one. Can Get stuff out, because if you stay stuffed up, your head blow up. Listen, number one, I feel um, very comfortable knowing that um, you, you actually um, will try to defend something that you don't have to. Because, basically, um, I feel people call you because, like um, the gentleman said earlier, you um, address everything. Um, I very rarely call anyone else other than yourself, maybe Frank, sometime. But um, as far as the this, this, this senator, I am—sorry, but reparations—the word reparations sort of clings only to one group of people. And um, to me, I, I really wouldn't have listened to it, because I really care less about Trump and his people, because, you know, they're who they are. But um, to pull out um, to reparations, it has a lot to do with uh, black people. And unfortunately, um, that's an issue that this country will never deal with. But as far as, yeah, I think it was a racist comment among whatever else. And also they're trying to draw the, the lines of voting to decrease the amount of black people voting in Alabama. So move on. And, you know, racism is what it is. And I hope the weekend next next week is much better than this one. Well, I, I hope so, too,
3: Audrey. But you know what? But again, what? Why bring it to me? They, they are numerous hosts on WABC. Email them. E- email them. But I, I thank you for the call. Let's go to Maine and let's say good morning to Frank. Good morning, Frank. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
10: Uh, good morning, Dominic. Always a pleasure to speak to you when I can and. You are probably one of the best talk show hosts in the country. Um well, thank you. Everybody I talk real really quick, everybody I talk to in Maine from Portland to Kenny Bunkport to even Augustine knows you. So, you know, people get triggered off one word, and I think David is one of those people that gets triggered off one word. Be that as it may, um, I'm going to switch gears for a second, Lee Zeldin. Um, what happened to him is what... It's something that I read in, believe it or not, the Portland Herald News, and i got to send you this article about how these criminals are being financed to go into these affluent, affluent communities, and they're there for one purpose only. They're there to watch, to listen, and to rob and to commit crimes in these affluent communities. And I think Lee Zeldin lives in a pretty affluent community. I'm, I think Congressman Zeldin, and just like Madam Governor of New York, and I think they're going to be targeted. They're the next ones. And the reason why is because these criminals are being financed by certain fractions. And we don't know. They, they, it said other criminal organizations, but they also said businesses and political. Um, political parties, quote-unquote. So take that for what it is. I mean, I mean these criminals are now infiltrating the, the communities that these affluent people live in, and they're going to target them. And now they're going to feel how the regular people in New York City and other places in the country feel. Dominic, have a good night. Well,
3: thank you. Thank you for the call, Frank. And it is, it is rather startling when you think about it. One of the two people that will in all likelihood be the next governor of New York state. And there's a shooting outside the house of one of them, Lee Zeldin with his twin daughters inside. And uh, detectives are investigating this, the drive-by shooting, if you will, as gang related. And they're still looking for the gunman or gunmen. This as Zeldin, has made rising crime one of his top campaign issues, has a commercial about it, as a matter of fact. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Time for a break. When we come back, we will have the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
0: he's your numero uno.
2: These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC.
3: Only in New York, only in the times that we live in, a Big Apple shoplifter with over 150, 150 arrests. Imagine how much money that has cost in terms of police overtime, in terms of court officer overtime. But 150 arrests dating back to his teens was busted again in Queens. Tagira Williams, 47 years old, was arrested on Friday for three separate incidents in which this guy apparently likes beer. He stole beer from three separate Rite Aids in Queens. The thefts included seven cases of Corona beer, or maybe he likes to be always selling it, uh, and a shopping cart on September 21st, stolen Heineken on September 23rd, and another 12-pack of Coronas on Friday. These are the times that we live in. Gracie and Rockland, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, see, this
11: is your problem. You're simpatico. Your callers love you. We think you're the best, and we feel like we know you, and that's why we talk to you as if we were over the cup of coffee. I really mean it. You're wonderful, and that's what the problem is. You're too wonderful. That's number one. Number two, I'm going to take offense with Audrey. She made a reference to Trump and those people. I guess I'm one of those people. I'm hurt. I think that's a racist remark. Okay, now let's go to Zeldin. The, the two guys were on the porch. This is the—I'm in California, so I don't hear that much. Somebody went shooting in the house, uh, in the window. What was the story, Dominic?
3: Shooting in front of his house. Uh, his daughters heard the um, the big boom. And, of course, they were panicked, as uh, any of us would be, and they ran into the uh, bathroom, I believe, as their parents have instructed them to do so.
11: You know what? This is ridiculous. And what what you said, I didn't hear, of course, with uh, a three-hour difference, I couldn't listen to cats this morning at 8. That would have been 5 in the morning. Of course, they, uh, these are the worst times going with crime. It's never been this bad. I remember as a kid when we were scared in the Bronx with the, with the what was it, the Bronx Baldies or something. Do, do you remember that, or were you too young for that? I think I was a you, little
3: young for that. But go ahead, Gracie. Okay,
11: You know what I'm saying? It was always scary stuff. But this is the point that it's absolutely ridiculous. And and what Mike said, Mike from New Jersey says is 100% right. The politicians have their own niche, their own people that they know that will keep getting them elected, so they're not going to do anything. How come Giuliani was able to do something? I have no sympathy for any of these politicians. Who aren't doing anything, and I feel sorry for people in the Bronx and in Manhattan and in Queens. It's terrible. I mean, do I have to? Do we have to storm the the bridge? You know what I'm saying? And not let anybody come over our bridge, whatever the hell the name is.
3: (laughs) The Tap and Z, or or the Mario Cuomo. Yes.
11: Well, what I, you know, you know what I mean? Yes, I know on, what you mean, we're, Gracie. We're, we're like in another world there.
3: Well, I I but thank it, you, I thank you for the call. Love. Thank you, Gracie. I do have to move on. I want you to listen to uh, Governor David Patterson on the Cats Roundtable Sunday morning with the owner operator of WABC, uh John Catsimatidis discussing, right? And this is exactly how I feel. Feel that And I see all the telephone calls from Long Island, Asbury Park, New Jersey, Manhattan. We're going to try and get to them. And Frank Marino is coming up at 1 a.m. But I have never felt this unsafe in New York City. Listen to Governor David Patterson.
8: What's sort of brewing are the uh, close uh, amount of time until the governor's race and the other congressional races and – uh Still, the issues related to crime seem to be uh, the most important to New Yorkers. And I hope that uh, all the candidates will heed that because for the first time in my life, even in the late 80s and 90s, when the crime rate was killing 2,000 people uh, a year, I never felt as unsafe as I do now just walking around. And God forbid, uh, sometimes we take the subway home from uh, WABC And uh, you're hearing about an assault on the subway almost every other day.
3: The governor is correct, appearing on the Cats Roundtable Sunday morning with John Matidis, Alyssa, in Manhattan, good morning. What's on your mind?
0: Good morning, Dominic. It's nice to talk to you. Yes, I feel Um, the same. I also want to say happy Columbus and Indigenous Peoples Day to everyone out there. I hope that... You can enjoy and celebrate your holiday and your beautiful heritage. Um, What I wanted to do was to respond to David's comment, just to say first, um, I agree with the other caller. Uh, David, you're very angry and justifiably so from what you've said, but you can choose to either drown in your anger or try to find a productive way to deal with it. So that you're not missing out on the better things in life, which anger tends to overshadow. That said, um, one of the comments you made, you had talked about being racist. Now, I'm not. I don't generally jump to the. You know, I don't play the racist card. So I will say your comment was more biased. But you said that people at Trump rallies, the majority of them, were white and leaned toward being racially. You know. against people of minorities, though I hate that word. Um, I don't think of them as minor in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, first of all, you're making an assumption that uh, the people that, you know, there's 20,000 people there. You can have people whose skin is white, yet they are Hispanic, or maybe they're, you know, from an interracial marriage. They could even have a grandparent who is Indian or black. So you can't just assume that everyone at Trump rallies is white. Or And you also, I think it's unfair to assume that they all, you know, that the majority of them all think that, you know, a certain way. Um, I think that's unfair. And, you know, that in a sense is being racist on the other side. You know, a lot of times racism is, is seen as white people being um, you know, unfair to black people. And that's, you know, we know we have a, a history of that in this country. Um, but that said, racism is everywhere. I personally, just myself having experienced the opposite side of that. At one point, I went to work in a small office years ago, And I was a new person there, and there were a variety of people, but most of the people there were African-American. And my second day there, I had a girl approach me, and I could see her two friends standing off at a desk, you know, and she said, oh, do you mind if I ask you a question? And I was like, no, no problem, you know. And she said, well, are you Jewish? And I was like, well, no, I'm not. Uh, Why you know, why would you want to ask me? I mean, is that important? You know, and she was like, "Well, you look Jewish."
3: Okay, I'm like, yeah, well, I, I'm, "I'm sorry, no. you went through that, Alyssa. I, I just have to step in though, because I, I have a lot of calls, Alyssa, and and I would love to finish the story. and And it's unfortunate that you were asked that. You should not be asked that in a um, in in the workplace. Um, and I hear you, Alyssa, on on the race argument. My thing is just simply this. People are entitled to feel whatever they want to feel. But don't try to drag me into your side of the argument. One, you're not going to succeed. That's number one. Number two, I make my own judgments and my own decisions. So when you send me something that, say, agree with the senator's racist sentiments, and I play it back and I don't see the race in the sentiment, then I'm, I'm, I'm left to wonder what, what is going on here. Mike in Queens, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
7: Uh, first and foremost, uh, respect and uh, condolences to the friends and family of Bernard McGirt. Yes, a yes. Ca- a cab driver who became uh, one of the top radio show personalities in the country. Absolutely. show that, that you can do it in America. And listen, Dominic, these people calling in with the weird phone calls, all I can say is, As they say in the taxi business, call me anything but late for dinner, and have a nice day.
3: (laughs) Hey, Mike, I really uh, appreciate the comment. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. I am now joined by my colleague, Frank Marano, the other side of midnight. So you have parade duty today and... And we all have the wake for Bernie.
1: Yes, yes. uh, It's a bittersweet day because, obviously, I love celebrating Columbus Day. And uh, even though my computer greeted me as uh, Indigenous Peoples Day an hour ago, and uh, obviously uh, we're we're all going to be together giving Bernie a fond farewell out on Long Island. So, uh, you know, it's the best of times. It's the
3: worst of times. What do you have coming up this morning?
1: Uh, we're gonna no guests today, so it's gonna be plenty of opportunity to cover uh, cover a lot of the issues that you've been talking about, including crime, and we're gonna talk a lot about Columbus Day because, as I mentioned, my computer is not the only one that has made Columbus Day Indigenous Peoples Day. There's a bill in the state legislature to officially change it, and. Every year there are more states and more cities that are changing from Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm going to do my part to explain why I think that's a poor idea. Also, we're going to teach some people some aspects of Columbus that they didn't know. Everything from uh, popular misconceptions to the fact that he saw a UFO on his voyages here to the fact that we don't really know with 100% certitude where Columbus's remains are. So we're going to get into uh, some historical stuff as well.
3: Well, great show coming up. Let's together go back to the phones. Lou on Long Island. We're short on time, Lou, but go right ahead.
0: So I'll make it quick. Yes, Dominic, you're the best. Um, Thank you. The previous caller said that uh, crime is coming to affluent communities. The median income for Shirley is between eighty-one dollars and $92,000. In Idaho, you're rich, not on Long Island. That is solid middle class.
3: That's a, that, that's a very good point, uh, but the fact of the matter is it's outrageous that something like this would happen outside the home of a congressman who happens to be the Republican candidate for governor, and we are less than a month away from the election. This could have had a much different ending, injuring or, God forbid, killing one of his daughters, his family. It could have been very, very tragic. Keep it right there. Frank Marano on the other side of Midnight's coming up. I'll be back again tomorrow. Talk Radio 77, W-A-B-C.